So in, in the in the radio spectrum, uh, basically all the, the frequency bands are assigned, whether it is for FM radio, whether it is for shortwave, whether it's for medium wave, going up to mobile phone frequencies, uh, and actually a lot of uh, military frequency ranges. And so the, uh, it's, it's all divided, and uh, a lot of these uh, ranges are now, of course, also being being sold to, and a lot of uh, governments try to earn a lot of money on selling uh, frequencies for mobile phone providers, uh, 4G, 5G. Uh, these are commercially being sold, and the rights to to use these frequencies. A normal citizen, you can hardly hardly do anything, and so you have to know. Uh, sure, you can be uh, a pirate, but also I mean the the, the measures against that. Uh, are very very strong, uh, um, so uh, the, the the control uh, for citizens or to do something as citizens is is almost nothing. Meaning also the the, the way to yeah the, what allows you to to experiment in there is is that space is well, <laughs> hardly hardly present. Coming with a proposal for another way of using electromagnetic waves. It's something that, that is that is not even being questioned by anyone. Yeah? So the, the, the idea that this could be done is, in a way, almost non-existent. Yeah, I think the, my my fascination with radios started, and I think that like for many people uh, listening to uh, shortwave, uh, medium wave, uh, when I was young, it was really I mean, it was really special at that time to to be able to hear not only things happening in in your country but to connect to other countries, and actually to hear these uh, conditions changing all the time, because uh, what what happens is that the atmosphere and also what's called the ether and all the, the beautiful discussions around the ether whether it exists or it doesn't exist um, the atmosphere is, is changing depending on whether it's day and night and uh, the atmosphere can act as a, as a reflector for radio waves or not so sometimes you can hear signals that are uh, very far away where all, at other moments uh, they're not there at all it's really changing you have these, yeah, so you make these, well, yeah, uh, well, it's not, I mean, a connection would be the, the wrong word for how radio is mostly used, of course, because you're transmitting and receiving, but it, it's not, it's not bi-directional, but, yeah, but what you receive and, and when really, yeah, depends on, on many aspects and especially in the, in the short wave and medium wave. Yeah, at the same time, also <laughs> interesting things is to, that uh, again in short wave and also in long wave there are very strange signals being uh, transmitted for data communication but also for uh, navigation orientation and uh, it is really used in that sense also to to detect location to detect what happens in the in the atmosphere and that's super interesting uh, at the same time of course when you listen to radio 
you hear thunder, you hear other things, you hear, <laughs> you start to hear also, I mean, uh, things in your direct environment that you didn't expect or that give you produce a different sound than, than you know. Yeah, uh, meaning you have your fluorescent lights and you switch them on, and. Uh, Especially on all the radios that were quite sensitive to to many signals, you would hear tick, 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 or you would start to hear the sound of an engine, or you would start yeah, an electromotor, or you would start to hear, or actually the the ignition of a combustion engine, yeah, where the the spark plugs also uh, you receive them on your car radio as well, tick, 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 and and stuff like that. So it's it is yeah connecting you to to things that you 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 didn't know about or it gives a different perspective but also it's really about uh, all of a sudden being able to bridge uh, bigger distances and relate to natural phenomena that also otherwise you would never uh, be aware of and so i mean we should not think about radio as something uh, outside of us it radio interacts fully uh, with uh, our surrounding environment I think that's where where uh, a general fascination for radio uh, came from in my work. Um, important to to be aware also that my my father was working at the Dutch uh, broadcasting uh, company. Well, when they started to do television as well, um, but as as an engineer, so he was involved in. Uh, for example, uh, the, the switch between mono radio and how to uh, transmit it uh, stereo. And there were different proposals uh, being developed for how to do that. Uh, and they had to be agreed upon on the, on the European level. And so he would travel to, uh, to uh, meetings in, with the European uh, uh, Broadcasting Union to, to come to agreements on what standard to use if radio would go on the FM from uh, mono to stereo. Yeah, so in that sense, uh, very nearby, uh, and uh, and really, yeah. I mean, he was really working on the on the, the the engineering level there. Besides a lot of different experiments uh, that I was was anyway doing and and, and playing around with and testing and uh, shaking shaking things up, uh, the the first real idea for a piece using radio and really radio and and the behavior of radio uh, at the center was radioscape. Uh, 
and that also yeah well immediately brought uh, a lot of uh, questions and and and, and problems uh, with it because i was simply getting the idea i thought yeah but sound mixes in space yeah and uh, it's, it's sound travels let's say in air through a, a three-dimensional space uh, and all these waves have their own behavior their own their, their own uh, well properties and and they mix uh, with each other in space, yeah, just like we know, we 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 we, we listen into a space and we hear uh, many different sounds simultaneously, different positions, different locations. When we get closer to a sound, a source, it gets louder. When we move away, it gets softer. Uh, and of course, yeah, in the in the acoustic space, we we also have reverb uh, and reflections. And my my super uh, simple idea was, yeah, but wait a moment, if that happens with sound in space. Uh, that should also work with signals that are transmitted as radio signals, yeah, so that are transmitted uh, electromagnetically. But I started to wonder if it would be possible to create a radio environment, yeah, so just like we would, we would have, a, let's say, an acoustic sound environment, where the environment is created by placing different transmitters in, uh, well, each uh, in that environment, each with their own position, different locations but all using the same frequency range and then have a receiver that would receive that frequency range and basically shift that back into the audible range for us. Because it should be, should be the case that that should function in a way identical to how an acoustic space functions, simply because yeah, when we get closer to a transmitted source, that signal should get louder. And when we move away from it, it should get softer. And just like waves mix in the acoustic space, they should also mix in the electromagnetic space. Yeah, meaning that you start to mix the signals by moving the transmitter around in uh, such a radio environment. Yeah, and the, and and the idea that I had for for using that initially was to do that in let's say an, an urban environment, a city environment, where uh, I would be let's say on a scale. Of one by one kilometer, I will be placing the different uh, transmitters and that be it becomes yeah, a city environment that you navigate uh, with the receiver and by navigating you, uh, yeah, you mix the sources differently, you choose what, what where to go, you, disc yeah, you get attracted by certain sources, maybe you get even repelled by certain uh, signals. Uh, so while navigating the city, uh, you start to mix uh, in a way, your own uh, composition from the from the transmitted sources. That was the concept, yeah? and the realization was something uh, very different. And uh, so the first realization of this work was in 2000, and I ran into a lot of trouble uh, because uh, first I, I managed to to build a receiver that would function more or less the, the way I wanted it to function. Yeah, a receiver that is simply doing a frequency shift down from a range in the electromagnetic spectrum down into the audio range, yeah, so it's not uh, using any modulation or, or demodulation. 
And the transmitters would have to do the same. Yeah, so the transmitter would have audio input and shift the audio simply up uh, in in range. Uh, and instead of, in a way, connecting a speaker to the, the output of the transmitter, yeah, you connect an antenna. Problems that, that occurred were, uh, for example, uh, that I didn't, I, I was thinking about uh, VAM transmitters, but the, the wavelengths in the FM band, the, the wavelengths of the radio waves is approximately three meters. You can use uh, short antennas for that on the transmitter side and on the receiver side. Uh, and that works all very nicely. Yeah, And speaking about the FM range, I'm not speaking about using FM modulation, but I thought, I mean, I was, uh, was uh, well, familiar with, with uh, FM transmitters and I thought, okay, that, that should be easy. Small transmitter antennas and they will all work. But what we also know from audio that we can get standing wave patterns, that we can get interferences. If I play a sine wave in an acoustic space, yeah, the sine wave reflects in the space. And when I start to move as a listener through that space, I will meet uh, points where the reflections and, and the direct sound cancel each other out and other points where they amplify each other. Yeah, so we get standing waves in, in an acoustic space with, an, with acoustic sounds. But also with radio waves, you get standing, standing waves in the electromagnetic space. And this three meter wavelength was way too short because what it resulted in is that I, by navigating the, the receiver through that space, uh, you would constantly uh, be in the nodes and the anti-nodes uh, of the uh, standing waves uh, that would change all the amplitudes continuously. Yeah, so signals going up, down, up, down in amplitude. And that would be way up front from the perception that would be a bit slower where you have to walk more uh, for the signals to to get louder and softer and so to to, to get this effect of of mixing so mm -mm 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 -mm, that didn't work and uh i realized i had to go down go down in wavelength very much so you go down in frequency so longer wavelengths sorry i'm saying it uh, wrong yeah go down in frequency uh, longer wavelengths and i ended up uh just above uh, the AM band, yeah. So it's on the on the very low end of the the short wave band. There, um, I get a wavelength that is really long enough so that we don't get these standing waves patterns, and uh, and even more that the buildings they start to become conductors and resonators for the radio signals. Very interesting phenomenon. Yeah. So in a way, just like with the sound, it can be that a door or a window or a ceiling starts to resonate with an acoustic sound. With radio waves, that can happen too, but you have to tune your frequency and wavelengths to uh, the, the sizes of the, the, the architecture, and then the architectural buildings can actually become part of the work. That's something I had absolutely not foreseen, but <laughs> I came across that. Yeah. Um, but then the other problem was that for having these transmitters transmitting on the lower frequency, you need much, much, much longer, larger uh, transmitter antennas. And that was completely unpractical in uh, in an urban environment where <laughs> I was planning to, to, to position, let's say, 15, 16 uh, transmitters in that environment, but each with a huge antenna, that, that would not work. Um, so I had to test different antennas, try smaller antennas, and at the end, uh, use uh, I ended up in a way working very inefficiently. So with, a trans with an antenna that doesn't work so well, but if I put a lot of power in it, uh, then it will still transmit a little bit. <laughs>
that the first version was basically having the transmitters in the urban context, having uh, the receiver was one vertical antenna receiving the signals and, and the mixing worked very, very nicely. Uh, also rotating and changing the orientation of the receiver uh, had a clear and strong effect. So it already started to feel very present and really as if yeah, the radio waves are part of the environment that you're in as a, as a listener, yeah? that you're in as, as someone uh, navigating that space with the receiver. Nevertheless, there were a couple of reasons why I, I thought to make a completely new version of the work. Uh, for the transmitters, I started to experiment with another principle that was uh, for the antenna, simply trying to go even smaller. But uh, for the receivers, something uh, uh, happened, is that I, I started to study more the different antenna principles. And yeah, so we speak about electromagnetic waves. But what is actually the situation is that electromagnetic waves have both an electric component and a magnetic component. So they, they can be both seen as magnetic waves and they can be seen as waves in the electric field. And the, it's only when I started to study these antenna principles better that I learned that there are antennas that actually antennas by themselves only create the electric field but then it results in radio waves that that automatically get this magnetic component to it and the other way around so there are also antenna principles uh, like a coil that generate the magnetic field and later on only the electric component gets automatically <laughs> in a way yeah, uh, uh, added to it by by physics so that's very special because the waves are both magnetic and electric so for, where for the transmitters i first used an antenna principle creating the electric field using long wire uh, and, and the resonator all to be very properly tuned i for the second version started to work with a coil as antenna uh, also a coil that needed to be tuned a resonating coil but it, it became a, again a, a smaller uh, antenna but reading about this i also learned that uh, a vertical antenna or a wire-based antenna uh, acts more or less omnidirectional omnidirectional meaning similar to a microphone that is sensitive from all directions um, and the coil-based antenna, so the, the antenna receiving or trans the antenna receiving or transmitting the magnetic field, is only sensitive from the sides, similar to another microphone principle that I knew about, the figure eight microphone. Yeah, and the figure eight microphone, uh, yeah, it's it's called figure eight simply because of the the, the sensitivity pattern. Uh, it's sensitive on both sides, and it has. Uh, opposite, uh, opposite uh, polarity for, for both sides. Uh, why am I telling this? Because I was aware, although I had hardly worked with it, of uh, a stereo microphone principle that combines exactly these two microphones. So you put the microphones together, you put an omnidirectional microphone together with a figure 8 microphone, uh, and by adding them together you get a microphone that is sensitive to the right, and by subtracting them from each other because of the opposite phase, you get a microphone that is sensitive to the left. So, although none of the microphones themselves uh, are stereo, by adding the signals together and subtracting the, the signals from each other, 
you actually get a left and a right signal simply for uh, recording uh, sound in space. But then I thought, hmm, <laughs> that is very interesting. It means that uh, this might also work for radio waves. So if I make a receiver that has these two antennas, so it has both the vertical antenna and has the loop antenna, it is as if I have uh, both microphones, yeah, but in this case in the form of antennas. And uh, if I then in the receiver uh, subtract them from each other and add them to each other, I can create a left and a right signal that corresponds to where the transmitters are positioned in relation to the receiver. Yeah, so we are now not speaking about stereo because the transmitters are uh, transmitting stereo signals. The transmitters are mono, but in space, yes, and the space is of course three-dimensional. And then we have the stereo antenna principle that leads to a stereo image and uh, uh, so you hear where the transmitters are positioned in space around you and you can rotate the antenna and everything will start to uh, rotate with you um, so all of a sudden uh, i made something that i had not foreseen at all that i was even going to make is a receiver a radio receiver that gives you a stereo panorama of what happens in that space still with the receiver of course we start to navigate it uh, you get closer to certain sources, they get louder, you get further away from sources, they get softer or, or become inaudible. But all of a sudden, it's on your headphones, you're in that uh, space. Yeah? So you're really in the uh, immersed in the electromagnetic space. I think entering the, the public space is a very conscious choice yeah, because uh, yeah so so the and radioscape allows me to do this so uh, relating myself to the public space relating myself to the outdoor space is a very conscious choice there because otherwise I could uh, I don't need to do this <laughs> I can lock myself up in an indoor space uh, and try uh, to ignore the outside world. Yeah, and I'm very interested, especially in, in creating uh, new realities in this outside world that, that intersect and at the same time yeah, create relationships with this outside world. In doing this, I don't have a, a direct uh, message that I want to give to the audience, but first of all, of course it's already a choice to say uh the the outside world should and and must be yeah uh, should and could or whatever be a place where art uh, can happen the outside world is a is a place that can be shaped and transformed it's important already to question yeah it uh, because I mean what we everything that takes place uh, in the public space uh 
seems to be more or less given. Yeah, and of course people say no, but in my neighborhood I want to change this, or here I want to change this. But everything is simply based on agreements that that we made, but that we are in a way also not uh, so conscious about. So to play with that, to change that, and to uh, to create new with radioscape new a new experience of that space so really a transformed experience of that space to work with sounds that make you move uh, yeah, because they attract you or not it creates a completely different uh, relationship and uh, and we as human beings are nevertheless with our perception all the time trying to interrelate everything with each other so it creates very strange but very interesting things. Uh, and what do I mean? We are all the time trying to interrelate everything with each other. Yeah, I mean, we perceive the world through through uh, our different senses. Uh, but well, I mean, it just it sounds extremely stupid, but I think it's it's very fundamental. Yeah, when we when we hear something and when we see something, yeah, so we, there's something we see that makes sounds. Uh, we relate it to each other. But why actually? Yeah, because in a way uh, we can say, yeah, we hear something, so we identify something, we see something, we identify something else. That's two things, isn't it? Yeah, and with our perception, although things come in through, in all different forms, different uh, using different modalities, we are permanently trying to say, I, I smell this, this must be that. I uh, see this, or uh, if I hear this, must be coming from there. I uh, feel this, it must be that and that. Um, and like that, we are sometimes very confused because we sometimes, for example, hear something, but we have no idea where it comes from. Yeah? And then we are very confused because we cannot relate uh, it uh, to, to the other senses, let's say, yet. Um, but uh, it's about uh, creating in a, on the one hand, a parallel reality. Uh, the parallel reality is really physically present in that space and interacts with that space. And at the same time, we start to interrelate things with each other. So new meanings also occur and you get uh, really shaken up. But when do you really get shaken up? When the, the parallel world that is there has a very strong sensation of presence. And what do I mean with presence is that it is really there in that space around you yeah, so that it occupies the same space and that it feels as if it's really in radioscape the radioscape of course I mean it's only audible on headphones but the, the sensation of presence is so strong as if you could touch it in the space yeah so it feels it's almost as if it's really tangible it's not tangible but it gets as close as that, yeah. And with sound, we can get sometimes experiences like that, where the sound has such a strong presence that it's as, is as if it's really, really there. Although we are very sure <laughs> at the same time that it's not, yeah. And that happens with radioscape. And at the same time, I mean, or maybe it is. I mean, it's it's a, it's of course a matter of perspective whether we say no because we perceive it as there. It must be really there, or. And it is there too, because the radio waves, waves are really there. Or whether we say, yeah, well, we see it as not there, but nevertheless we perceive it as as there. Yeah, uh, not not such an important discussion in this case, because uh, for our discussion now, it's important 
that we speak about, the, that it gives a sensation as if it's really there. And that leads to a lot of interesting problems and, and conflicts. Yeah, the, um, the people walking with receivers, uh, they, they look like aliens navigating the space. Yeah, but because so much is happening, they are hardly aware of that. Yeah, so they, it's completely the, the, the antenna with with the loop, yeah, with the circular loop antenna with the vertical antenna, headphones on. They look like aliens walking around in that space, or at least as maybe some Ghostbusters that that are. And but it's also completely clear, yeah, that they are drawn into this uh, parallel reality, and and they have no problems with that. Yeah, so in a, in a lot of situations we would have problems. It's like wait a moment, no, but in this artwork I have to wear something else, or I have to put on a hat, and it would make us uh, our initial reaction is to feel very uncomfortable with that. Yeah, because wait a moment, I want to, I don't want to change my identity. I don't want to transform that. Yeah, but why would I have to do that? So, I mean, in a lot of art, there's a very clear distinction between yeah, audience and the work. But here, because the what you perceive uh, is so present in the space, you just get drawn into it. So maybe there's an initial thing. It's like, oh yeah, this is a strange receiver. What do I have to do with it? Put on the headphones, but you switch it on, and you're in there. And from that moment, you you don't ask that question anymore. Yeah, from that moment, you're in the parallel world while you are still fully <laughs> present in the in the existing world. The receivers for the for the audience uh, they were handheld. And uh, well, that's already one question. It's like because uh, it could have been maybe incorporated in the headphone. Uh, but I really liked when I was experimenting uh, to be able to move and rotate and, and navigate the, the receiver in space. So for me, that was really uh, yeah a, a big uh, addition to to the work where having to move around your hat in space <laughs> and, uh, and tilt your head and rotate it, uh, to me, did not seem so intuitive. And in a way, I, I, I see moving the receiver almost as if you're in it. It's, it's again, yeah, I, I was speaking about this tangibility of, the, of what you hear. And if I see that moving the receiver as something almost uh, also tactile, yeah, and we, 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 we do scan our environment with our hands and I see that as uh, something that can work uh, very well. So we became handheld, uh, so thereby also we're very visible. Uh, not too small, quite quite a, like a, a box almost as big as a, as a sandwich box that you use to bring your sandwiches uh, somewhere else. And then uh, the two antennas on it, really, so a vertical antenna of about one meter long and a loop antenna with a diameter of about 40 centimeters. Uh, on top of it, and on the receiver, there's a map. Uh, the map indicates the region uh, where uh, well, it's a map of the region where the transmitters are placed, but the transmitters are not indicated on that map. Yeah, so it's really a map with the streets, or, and uh, it's more or less often a, a square, more or less square environment. So it's a square map on uh, the top of the receiver. That helps you to to yeah know where you are and and and, and give only 
yeah, the, the basic information that you need to know to be able to, to start uh, entering the work. What happens and where transmitters are positioned, you don't know. Uh, and otherwise, the, uh, the only knob that the receiver has is a volume knob. Uh, because, uh, and that's an important knob because uh, the dynamic range is huge. Uh, it's the same as when you, in, in, in an acoustic space, you can be very close to a source, it can be overwhelmingly loud. And when you're very far away, uh, you might want to uh, change the volume a little bit. Um, and, uh, and otherwise, it's really up to uh, the participants to choose what they're going to do. But because you immediately, yeah, so, so there's uh, basically one location where you obtain uh, the receivers, the way you get it and where you bring them back uh, later. Um, and from the moment you have the receiver, you switch it on, you are in, in the piece and, yeah, and you are really a participant in the piece. And from there, you find your own way. Yeah? And, uh, and there are people who really want to try to localize the, uh, the transmitters, yeah, who are interested in knowing, hey, wait a moment, what, where does the sound come from? But, but it's also really about combining the sounds, layering the sounds. So there are, in a way, there are also a lot of different approaches and strategies uh, possible in how you, how you deal with them. Content-wise, the, the signals uh, being transmitted, um, I, in a way, I, I, I would be able to yes, transmit any, any kind of signal. If I, Let's say if I would, uh, on one single transmitter, already transmit a full musical composition, there would be no reason whatsoever for the audience to, uh, to start moving. Yeah, so uh, think about it as if I decompose uh, something and it's the signals together uh, that form the comp composition. I find it very interesting to to think about uh, attracting the audience, but also maybe repelling the audience. So what I've been doing composition-wise, I I've made relatively simple patterns that were meant to be combined. But I've also added uh, transmitters with noise sources. Yeah? So changing uh, noise that you would pass by and all of a sudden uh, the, you, the noise, when you get close, the noise gets so loud so you don't hear the other signals anymore. Mm -hmm. So there are reasons to, to walk and combine and layer these um, uh, rhythmical uh, developing structures. Yeah, so never, never. The, all the structures were always changing, but the way I call it is that I, or the way I see it is that the, the changes in the material should be slower than uh, the changes that the audience can make. So that there's really a reason to move. If I, yeah, so I, so I just gave the example. If I, if I have a full musical composition that is transmitted on a transmitter, there's no reason to walk anymore because you can uh, enjoy it. Yeah. But the other thing is if. I make a composition that has very fast changes, uh, then for the audience, they will feel a bit betrayed because they try to change things by moving the receiver. They've tried to change by walking and changing place uh, in the environment. Uh, but if the changes that I uh, compose are faster than that, then in a way, uh, the content is always dominant over their actions. Yeah? And I think that's wrong. But 
it, it would also be boring. And so the way I think about positioning the transmitters in the environment is that they should not be too far away from each other because otherwise it's too big of an effort uh, for the participants to make a change. And so they, they, they should be 50, uh, 70, whatever meters apart from each other so that uh, things happen. But there's always the moving and rotating of the receiver. There's always the influence of how the environment also interacts with the radio waves itself. Yeah, And, and as I explained, the, the, the buildings that can become resonators uh, in the environment, uh, that there should be enough space uh, and time for the audience to explore this. Uh, and my work content-wise is slower in how it changes, but it's also always changing. are a lot of uh, other uh, interfering sources. Uh, the frequency that I, I uh, use is, is just above AM, in, in between AM and, and shortwave. But um, where, let's say, uh, normal receivers have an incredible amount of filtering to protect uh, or to filter away disturbing uh, signals, my receivers don't have that. And um, there's still in the environment a lot of other sources that are yeah, creating disturbances in that same frequency range. And uh, things to think about, for example, are uh, the, uh, the flickering of neon lights, which has very high uh, frequency components, um, computers that are uh, controlling the traffic lights. Uh, yeah, so you have a box with a computer inside that controls the traffic lights and, and things like that. But the but because they don't really really transmit, yeah, and it's because these sources they are in the same frequency range, but in a way they don't transmit because they don't have an antenna connected to it. Yeah. Uh, so the other disturbing sources they, they are very local, uh, and you pass by and you can detect them, but you can immediately choose what to do with it, how to relate to it, yeah, because you can take more distance, you can think, okay, oh, well, I pass by very quickly. Uh, but on a local scale, yeah, so my transmitters are more uh, transmitting over a couple of hundred meters, yeah, but, but with a big change in loudness. Yeah, so if you're very close, super loud, uh, and if you're, let's say, 500 meters away from the transmitter, it's ultra soft, and you don't hear it anymore as soon as other transmitters are louder, yeah, and then there's this space in between where it, it mixes. Um, but these uh, yeah, other sources uh, are very local, but again, I think very interesting because they create a direct relationship uh, between what we see in the environment and what we hear.
drive-in music from Max Neuhaus, I think, is, is a very interesting work in relation to Radioscape. Uh, so when I had the initial idea for Radioscape, I, I was not aware of, uh, of Max, uh, his work. Um, their uh, drive-in is uh, meaning it was meant for car radios. And the car radios would be tuned to one particular frequency. And he's uh, distributing the different transmitters along a particular route. Uh, and while then driving, you receive uh, one or the other or the other, or the interference uh, between the transmitters. Yeah, so in, in his concept, uh, there's nothing uh, different uh, in how he, I mean, the, the, he uses uh, the transmitters and the receiver uh, in its traditional way. I mean, uh, uh, I think in that context, it's FM. I'm not completely sure about it, but I guess it is. And Yes, if we have two two transmitters uh, transmitting at the at the same frequency, we we actually get uh, interference uh, in different ways because the the carrier starts to to interfere as well. So it's it's different, but still it shares uh, the whole idea of of being able to to create a composition that is not. Um, uh, created in time, but as uh, Neuhaus said, a, a composition that is created in space. Yeah, and that of course counts for radioscape very much as well. It's, it's a composition in space, and so I think it's a very uh, that that makes it very special. And it's a very strong kind of concept to make a composition in space instead of composition in time. And not that there are not, not no time aspects at all. There are time aspects, but uh, that also relates to the. Uh, the, the contents, why I'm saying the, the contents should not change too quickly, can change, but should be slow, so that actually uh, the movement in space determines the, the contents more uh, than what happens in time. There, there are two works uh, that focus on uh, the use of natural radio. One is Rundfunk and Funk style, and the other one is uh, Radio Forest. And both works are in collaboration with uh, Jan-Peter Sontag uh, from Berlin. Both of the works are really a dialogue uh, between the two of us. Yeah? Um, we knew each other before already, 
really a long time. We have, uh, well, in a way, a lot of shared fascination, but also we have very different, within these shared uh, fascination, we have very different approaches to it. So with Rundfunk and Fangsaal, we, we wanted, we, we started from a performance context. Yeah, and, and why is it called Rundfunk and uh, Fangsaal? Well, first of all, the, the German title, because to transmit is in German uh, called to funken, yeah, so to spark, because of actually the spark principle that was used in the in the early uh, transmitter. So it's it's very beautiful that the the work, uh, yeah, Rundfunk is to, to spark around, <laughs> it's transmitting. So it's a, it's it's a very beautiful word that you don't find in in other languages, but in this uh, live performance context, we wanted to yeah, we wanted to in a way invert uh, the idea of a, of a radio concert hall. I think nowadays it's happening less, but when we were young, you had uh, a lot of live concerts being performed, yes. uh, and, and really halls being developed for that. So you would have a concert hall that's really equipped for uh, making this live radio transmission, yeah, where an ensemble or an orchestra or whatever would uh, would happen. Yeah, so this is the, the, the it's it's an idea that in a way doesn't exist so much anymore, but it's the idea of the, the radio hall. And it's also an absurd idea because it doesn't make any sense to broadcast a musical performance live. I understand it makes it more special, but in a way, if it's broadcasted a couple of hours later or a week later or a year later, what is the what is the difference? So it's a very strange concept to, to have this live uh, orchestra performances uh, on the radio. Yeah, but this was really a format that was, was very standard, I think, especially on Sunday afternoons, but uh, uh, very uh, yeah, typical format on the radio. Yeah, so Rundfunk and Fansa is exactly the opposite. Yeah, so it is not live transmission, it's live reception as a performance with uh, really the, the, the fascination for what is called natural radio. Uh, and natural radio means uh, reserve, uh, receiving uh, electromagnetical signals that are uh, caused by nature, yeah, that are, uh, for example, uh, the result of uh, solar wind. Of course, they can be also, I mean, we can speak about thunder, but there are a lot of uh, different signals that are produced by nature itself. They're, they're all very low frequency, while thunder goes up as well again. Uh, but for us, in this case, we really wanted to, to see how can we, tuning into these ultra-low frequency ranges where natural radio is occurring, how can we use that, and so not adding any other signals, so it's all, everything you hear is what we receive, but we allow ourselves to tune and to filter and to play around with that. So I built my own uh, antenna principles, uh, very very long <laughs> wires of cable, and yeah, so now, so did here my my radio escape experience helped, and I installed for the first performance I think I installed a five or six hundred meter long antenna, yeah, wire based. Uh, actually, it's a, a deep pole, so it's two times three hundred uh, from the middle, two times three hundred meters. Um, and I used one of the uh, the loop antennas, the circular antennas that Jan Peter uh, uh, developed for this, and he, he used all the other antennas for his uh, receivers. Uh, so he had a setup with a receiver for one receiver per antenna, 
uh, and uh, and and tuning and and also build uh, his own uh, receiver technology and what i did is a bit different i i made a receiver that was large frequency range where later in the computer i start to select what i zoom into so it's a hybrid analog and, and digital kind of receiver uh, where i i choose what to zoom into but also how to transpose it yeah because the idea similar idea in radioscape where we can think about uh, a transmitter and the receiver as a transposer uh, that is principle i also used uh, in rundfunk and Pakistan. so we receive we layer uh, we transpose we we filter yeah because we, we uh, sometimes uh well i think i'm, I'm probably filter more than it doesn't matter so much and sometimes uh the, the bandwidth of what you hear, of what's being received, is, is made very, very narrow. Sometimes it's very broad. Uh, so actually there are an incredible amount of parameters that you can play with uh, in the radio context. Yeah? So especially if you open up the idea of what, what, what a receiver is and what makes a receiver, and you, you start to uh, make these aspects of what, what, uh, what a receiver is, you start to make them uh, variable and, and modular, uh, all of a sudden, it gives a completely different perspective. Yeah, so that is Rundfunk Empfangsaal. And from there, we got an invitation uh, to do a work in Riga, uh, and in Riga in the Botanical Garden. Um, and the Botanical Garden is an absurd place. I don't know how it looks, uh, looks nowadays, but at that moment, um, it was also, it had been used as uh, an observatory in the Soviet, Soviet time. But uh, the whole setup could be hidden. So there were houses in the botanical garden with a roof that was on rails, and the, only the rails would stick out on the side of the house where you would slide the roof away from the house, and all of a sudden you would have an, an open structure uh, with uh, the tools uh, for, the, for the observatory. Yeah, and this was not just one house. This, this in this botanical garden, I think there, there was a whole circle of of buildings that that were meant to look like normal buildings and houses, but actually all had different observatory uh, equipment uh, inside. Because of, of now being in the botanical garden, 
and being less in the in the, the, the city context that we were before with the, with the, the first performance of Rundfunk and Fangsaal, uh, we had much more time to experiment, uh, to see where to to put the antennas. Uh, so the 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 work itself was in a large greenhouse uh, as part of the botanical garden a greenhouse with uh, tropical plants uh, so not a, not a dutch greenhouse to uh, to grow tomatoes and, uh, and cucumbers but uh, uh, so to create a tropical environment warm humid and in there we we had the eight speaker set up in there we had part of the antennas but part of the antennas were also outside and we had a lot of time to, 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 to experiment there and a much cleaner context. So a much cleaner context to, to uh, meaning le much less interference in the ultra low frequency range of, uh, let's say, humanly produced uh, signals. So very beautiful, very, very nice. Uh, and from there, we started to think about how to compose this again with the, the different types of receivers and think about how in more an installation kind of context it would be possible to create an interesting transforming composition uh, but yeah very different from the performance context uh, with yeah with uh, yeah the reception of the natural radio Yeah, so for for both Rundfunk and Fangsa, and even more for uh, uh, Radio Forest, it's it's fully dependent on on the received signals, and there's no control, uh, and at the same time, it is never quiet, because uh, sure, uh, you can say solar wind doesn't happen all the time, but thunder happens everywhere all the time. And the distance to the signals is, I mean, you receive anything. And so uh, thunder travels all the way around the Earth through the atmosphere. Uh, so it, it is, so we might think that it's, it's a very quiet um, uh, space, but it actually is not at all a quiet place. There's always signal, uh, but it's very true. How it develops, how it transforms, and what is, audible when is not controllable I means not in in the hands but that's also of course something that creates a surprise that leads to to new combinations if i would as a composer want to have full control i should not do this in, in no way yeah uh, but uh, but the, at the same time i mean the, um, 
there's nothing new about incorporating uh, chance in, in a certain way. I mean, the idea to make a piece that re really transforms over time, that is interesting to visit a week later, or a month later, or a year later, yeah, that would not be applicable for uh, Radio Forest because the exhibition wasn't long enough. But I find that very interesting. The work should give give you something as an audience uh, when you come. I think it should not give you nothing. Hopefully, there has to be something that make that makes the work already. But aspects in a work that make it transform and really change, and I mean uh, substantially and on a on a meaningful level, is something that I find very very fascinating. Uh, yeah, I'm not claiming here that Radio Forest does that really, let's say, on, on a very strong level, but it depends on what happens at what moment. It's also dependent on the local weather, Yeah, although actually we, we receive thunder from all over the world. Uh, we have all yeah, all kind of other effects that are happening and, and increasing and, and decreasing. But it is a work which makes a lot of sense to, to go there, for example, at a different time in the day, that already changes things because it changes the atmosphere. It is interesting to go in different weather conditions to it, uh, but what you'll exactly get, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a surprise. There's the eight speaker setup, and there are four parabolic speakers in the space as well. Uh, the parabolic speakers, self-made, they create a very narrow beam of sound that actually intersects through uh, the greenhouse. So with a parabolic speaker, you, you can produce sound that you basically do not hear, uh, especially when there's a bit of background uh, or other sounds being played or a bit, some bit of background sound. Uh, you will not hear that beam of sound until you enter it and it gives a very strange experience. Yeah, And why is it interesting to, to work also with these parabolic speakers? It, it creates a completely different perception of sound, more related to how we metaphorically think that radio waves uh, would cross the space yeah, and also uh, cross uh, the greenhouse. Although, literally, there's no uh, good comparison there, uh, but metaphorically, it gives a sensation of that. So, it is about what's sensing, what, I mean, it's it's also the greenhouse as, as a receiver, you can say, although part of the antennas are also outside of it. What we hear is what is really there, it creates, on the one hand, an environment, at the same time, it creates the sensation of uh, intersecting sounds that intersect uh, the place. And there is a lot of high-frequency activity going on, uh, and high-frequency activity that we start to uh, associate maybe with uh, crickets, maybe, maybe partially even with birds. Um, but it's not done as a narrative component yeah because if that will be the case I think it's better to play play crickets and and <laughs> and other sounds 
you also hear that it is so it's, it has aspects of that but it's also absolutely not that but it's not created as a narrative like that and so the, it's it's not it's, it creates these relationships but we have to still i think be aware that what what we perceive as meaning is always on on two ends and uh, what we perceive as meaning uh, in a work uh, we can never perceive something as meaning if it's not already in us yeah so meaning is something that 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 can be created in a work yeah let's say in in a composition before it becomes sound let's say yeah, or in the, in the process and we have sound but meaning can only be recognized if the listener can see that meaning in it uh, thinking about language I mean I can tell you I mean you you can only understand me because you know the language that I'm speaking then in yeah so that's one level but then there's a next level it's about the contents what I'm telling you and you can I can tell you yeah, but I have a table and you also have a concept of a table so not only the word table and yeah, but also the concept and you have a concept of a table is in you that is why I can tell you about the table yeah so relationships and meaning are not only created by the artist but are also in a way kind of projections that are made by the audience and that is very much at play here as well the same about the the unexpected here so there's unexpectedness in what is being received and there's at the same time a level of unexpectedness how what is being combined with each other how it's being interpreted and I t intentionally really say interpreted because interpretation is something we do yeah and assigning meaning is something that we do as receivers as well and in my work it, it is and also in these works it's it is very often very important that what happens is real it's also composed it's also staged but it's also real 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 I could add a lot of sauce to it yeah? so receiving the radio I can think ah oh, it's cool I'm going to add some reverb to it I'm going to do this I'm going to do that no I'm not doing any of this I choose a couple of things that I do like transposing like filtering and uh, in this case uh, spatialization but then things that happen in space become interferences for example between two different receivers that is interesting and it's not uh, so it's it's not adding another possibility to it it is really seeing with the very limited possibilities that I choose to use that relate to the medium to see what happens and what I can do with that and what it brings and that automatically is an approach that is open uh, because it's not me saying it has to sound like this no what what if I do this and this what does it do if I combine this and this what does it result in so I try to really put the properties and the behavior of of what I use up front yeah so the the works I in that sense also very naked they they really are what it is and it is not more but it's not less either uh, can sometimes be very strong and powerful and maybe sometimes not can be seen as can sometimes be very subtle can be seen as as many different things but it really is what it is
when I speak about saying that it's real, I, I, I speak about a certain kind of rawness, about certain kind of unprocessedness, but real maybe also meaning that it's embracing in, in the form of the radio context, for example, embracing everything that's in there. So creating space for things to happen and using the properties of how it behaves and putting and creating that that central to the contents instead of as decoration. Things that are really real can be very, very rich in my opinion. It's always staged, and in my works are also staged, but they, they often act on a, uh, on a more fundamental level and thereby creating more space for what the thing really is, and thereby more space for surprise and, uh, in a way, more space for magic. It's true that there is uh, quite, and has been, and, and also around that time, uh, quite a bit of radio activism. Also, actually, for example, in, in Latvia, uh, two fantastic radio telescopes that became available to, to be also uh, used by artists. But the my, my fascination was a bit in a different direction. It was not so much about saying... I want to also be able to transmit. Now, I was really interested in if we really look at what radio of what 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 electromagnetic waves in space are. What what can we then uh, do with it? Um, meaning that also a lot of the people working more in this activistic direction uh, uh, had yeah a slightly different reason for for. Uh, uh, what they were uh, doing, what they were doing, then, then I had, and not that I, uh, I, I believe in this activism. That's not the point, but that the, um, there was not necessarily a, a full connection uh, in in what I tried to to achieve there. So, uh, so I mean, sure, my, I mean, for example, there the, there have been maps being created uh, of of which frequencies have been used by artists and and and, and interactive maps different works and and uh, and my work of course is in there and i'm happy to collaborate and participate and and contribute there and I'm also happy to contribute with my knowledge and so it's not my knowledge it's not something that i want to to keep for myself in any way but um yeah, let's say on the on more the, the level of how to do this and and what and asking them when, well asking the question and trying to answer it uh, what what happens if you do this um, I was pretty much on my own to uh, to try to to shape it and uh, maybe not a bad thing either yeah because uh, uh, it gives you at the end also more freedom.